0: hey guys welcome to the neglected podcast this podcast is not a change of mind but to invite you into somebody else's narrative this is a podcast to give a voice to the neglected it is also an opportunity for all of us to engage all right welcome to the neglected podcast my name is nick schultz you can hit me up at schultz time we're at for the neglected we are here in city church thanks for hosting producer quinn harris thanks for being here man you're the man and we have a special guest slash co-host today. Yes. Miss Giovanna Javis. How are you doing?
1: I am. I'm good. I'm good.
0: You are good. Well, we'll I see if you're good, good after this interview. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's see.
0: So we are just do a quick recap of why we're, <laughs> we're doing what we're doing today. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about uh, just race and your perspective on it, what's been going on the past few months, because it's definitely escalated in our yes. national... Uh, in our country and our lives and everything going on, especially with COVID. But just super quick recap for people who may not have seen your first episode or um uh, any of us talking. Um we originally I went to Rwanda many years ago, learned a lot about racial reconciliation there and from the genocide. You were one of the people that when I came back after our first couple trips, I was like, You gotta go, you gotta go. Mm-hmm. I know you're hard about this stuff. I know you haven't been on a plane, but you got to get over to Africa and to Rwanda <laughs> and eventually got you over there. He went twice. You learned a lot, as did I, my wife, other people along with us about um, just racial reconciliation and how much it takes for that to happen, uh, especially for them when they had a million people get killed by a different, you know, different mm-hmm. tribe of people. <clears throat> and then we would have conversations here in Savannah yeah. about. Uh, racial things, stuff you're going through, especially going through being at a predominantly white church that I was working for. And, and we would just have conversations about, um, what that was like and wanting to, to see and, and and be a part of things that we didn't really think were happening, conversations that weren't happening and, uh, things that the church wasn't really doing we wanted to be a part of. So this podcast started and that was a one way of having, having that happen. But then, uh, fast forward a lot, and this past spring, COVID happens. And then, mm-hmm. and then Namad Arbery and some other folks and police and blah, 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 blah. We're in a thick right now. So what I wanted to do was just have honest conversation with you and, and for me too, but specifically getting your point of view, because something we really wanted to be a part of was having racial reconciliation conversations. And what I didn't mention was we also were part of co-leading two racial reconciliation groups as well and going through like a 10 week curriculum of what it takes to do that and we plan on doing another one hopefully in the fall yep but where we're at now is we wanted to be a part of something like that knew that if something major happened in our country or our city like it could could get ignited and tension could happen and conversation could happen good or bad Mm -hmm. and we're right in the middle of it now and you've i just want to know your perspective of I wanted to be a part of something where there was a movement to, to have these conversations, but then it got put on like steroids, basically, in the middle of a pandemic and everybody having an opinion on it. So before we get to all that, just where were you in just kind of mentally, emotionally, what you thought was going to happen maybe when stuff really first started happening with the Mott Arbery? That was really kind of where stuff really kicked off. And what was your your hope when when that happened, just as a black woman, but also for kind of conversation or national discourse, you know.
1: Yeah. I think the numb part of me didn't expect as big of a response as it actually got. Um and so if we start there with with Amada Aubrey, that was a beautiful moment for me because for the first time I saw not only people that I expected to speak on it, but seeing people and seeing churches and seeing organizations stand up and say something. And that was amazing. And I had a lot of, I think of that first couple of weeks, there was a lot of really good conversations of people reaching out to either me or even posts I was seeing. So that was really good. And like, for me, that was that like, wow, we're at that first step. We're at awareness for a lot of people who were already in awareness, this was like, okay, it's, it's we'll just get some momentum. So I think in the beginning, it was, for me, I was very encouraged because I felt like, okay, this is momentum. But then as things went on, I went into feeling that pain again because then the posts started coming about, uh, about who he was. And see, he's not that great of a person. And, just that dehumanization. Mm. And so in the beginning, it was very much like this, this response of like, I can't believe this was going on for three months and this is wrong and and this can't stand and seeing people wanting to be involved and in, get engaged, have conversations, e- send emails. And then it quickly did pivot to, at least on my timeline, pivot to the dehumanization, to the butts. Mm-hmm. But the butts were a little bit long, like it was a little bit more delayed on my end. And so, I think for me, it is this roller coaster of emotions, and still, even now, of being really hopeful because I'm seeing so much engagement, people wanting to read, people wanting to join groups, wanting to learn how to gain a voice. But then, also on the same end, seeing like the digging in of heels happening and that happening so firmly. Um, and there's a whole slew of opinions, and I understand that it is. A lot to take in. And like you said, this is all happening in the backdrop of COVID. So no one's life is anywhere close to normal right now. So that on top of racial unrest, on top of protests and riots and elections. There's so much happening in this one moment. Um, And so I think for me, it is that both feeling hopeful like let's go do this like we've got something here we've got momentum we've got people who are ready to engage who are probably on the fence or just want to know how mm-hmm. but then also that discouragement of like seeing how much further we have to go mm-hmm. if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah i mean we have a i think a you unique perspective because you're a black female you're a counselor and so you know you're really good at drawing out things and people and, and listening and having conversations and questions. And <laughs> and I, I'm a former pastor, a white male. And so you know, a lot of times we send people to each other mm-hmm. because I trust you <laughs> you trust me. And, and of, of multiple races, it's like, hey, you should go talk, talk to Nick, get his perspective on this because I can't give you that perspective from that side of it. And vice versa. And I've sent a lot of people your way and said, Hey, you should talk to Giovanna. And it was even beforehand when we started doing the podcast, people would come up and be like, Man, I really have a hard time just with some of the racial things I see. And before COVID, before Ahmad. And I was like, You know, talk to Giovanna. She like she wants to talk about this stuff. But there's so much stuff happening now yeah. that, like, how are, how, I mean, you've mentioned getting, burn out like you just want to go home and hide sometimes because so many people know that you want to talk about these things you want to listen and you're a safe person to have this conversation with and not judge where somebody is on that whatever that spectrum is and how they view race but that also takes a a toll as well because you can get beat up along the way or Mm -hmm. friends think way different things than you thought they did and it's been going on a few months now so what what's that been like for you where you've you wanted to engage in this But now you've been heavily engaged in it for like two or three months and you know are are you encouraged or and discouraged or where are you at with with that
1: um I, i will say i feel both but it definitely was a learning moment for me because yes i want to have these conversations but i think what i found is that it's not my responsibility to do all the teaching, but like when it came, it came so fast, I wasn't prepared for it. Mm. So I wasn't prepared to get messages, get phone calls, to the emails. I wasn't ready for like that much of a response because I, like nobody could have predicted that we would have right. these things back to back. Because I think Ahmad, uh, Aubrey happening, and then Breonna Taylor, and then George Floyd, all three of them combined plus protests happening Mm -hmm. then it turned into this like onslaught of like i need to understand and so initially it was that (laughs) it was great and i was encouraged by people wanting to but i was starting to feel then that discouragement of you want to but you don't you don't want to be too uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in the right place, I'm not going to let you sit in that. And so for me, I found that it does have to be a pacing thing of like, I don't have to respond right now. And I could also like just be direct with people and tell them that like today I can't mm-hmm. um, because it was turning into that of like I'm constantly answering immediately because this because I'm detecting from you that you are stressed. And now I like I feel like I have to answer you. I have to get you this book list. I have to get you this resource. And so that was one thing of like pacing myself, but then also directing people to like good sources of like go to the be the bridge website. Um So I did in my notes section, like kind of make like a pre typed out thing. Like, hey, here are some things you can go to. and like would copy and paste it mm-hmm. into the messages. But I will say that initially, the I'm not as burnt out now because I have kind of figured out my stride because I think really this isn't this isn't gonna be a dead sprint. This is like going to be a long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that we've talked about a concern of mine is that some people, when life gets back to normal, aren't gonna be as engaged. And so not necessarily having to guard myself but just kind of preparing myself for the fact that eventually this will die down eventually people who wanted to go join that organization or read that book that book's going to be put down and just not to have that pressure on me that i have to help you along this journey because that's their journey too so i think that, that there's all those things in it that i've kind of gotten to work out in the moment because when it's calm like the questions aren't coming that fast you know Mm -hmm. like last year when we taught be the bridge there's questions but they're not coming like from four different people there's no emergency going on around yeah
0: yeah Uh, i think we talked about this too before and it's it's like this perfect storm too and it can be frustrating when you know you're working towards racial reconciliation you're trying to help people understand like and we need to talk and we need to, to see some of the things that are really happening, but then to feel like it can also get crazy hijacked by political mm-hmm. power or, or organizations or just social media or whatever media people watch. And then it desensitizes all of us to, hey, don't forget about that, those people that are actually in your lives that you can yeah. go love on and have conversations with and get to know personally and make it about that as opposed to all these other huge things that are driving a wedge in between us. And that's been the frustrating thing for me, and I don't, I don't know how much of it is, is for you, but that, I, that's what wears me out is that people who originally were like, oh, I want to know, I want to I talk, and it doesn't mean they're going to change their mind about everything, but at least engage in some of those things that they didn't think about before mm-hmm. and where people are coming from. But then it gets hijacked by these much larger groups, organizations, political parties, news, and then you forget that personal thing. Yeah. And really that's where the heart of everybody needs to change is that, that personal thing. Like don't think of it as if I go spend time with someone who's black, is it going to change what I think about my political party or what I think about the news I watch or what I think about this organization? Like just go to the person yeah and i that's the scary thing for me is that i think we're gonna lose that Mm -hmm. and and people are just pissed right now too like you said COVID is going on at the same time and they see riots and they see the news and then race 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 and a lot of for good reason but their lives have been turned upside down yeah so it's not we're not doing this in a healthy place right now no so that's the part that's scary too
1: no absolutely i mean i think exactly what you said is is the problem is so large and so it is down to to what's within your control what is in your sphere of influence and i completely agree of of not wanting to lose that and not wanting people to get drowning like start drowning in the bigness of it because it's not cuz i get it like if you're new to this conversation it can seem like oh all we need to change is like i don't know the police we just need to change that in the justice system but mm-hmm. it's more than that it's is neighborhoods it's education it's so many layers to this to this thing this is a lot of stuff that you're unpacking of how people are are being affected right. in their life and the thing is is that we I know that for me, I'm not going to be able to change how a politician decides to spend the money or, I mean, I can sign petitions, but it doesn't make, it doesn't mean anything if I'm not engaging, if I'm not going towards, if I'm not working in my sphere of influence and what I have control over. And so that's been the thing that like I've been encouraged about and disappointed in, and like trying to, point people towards like what is within your control and what are the things that that you have who are the people that you influence who's the person next to you that needs encouragement or that you don't know their full story what can you do and how can you personally engage with you and your children or if you're single you and your friends as opposed to like who is this person that we need to point at and say it's their fault? Yeah. Because I feel like that's kind of the conversation turned to that, which was disappointing of, well, it's this political party's fault and this political party's fault. And I'll just be honest, I don't really care because I care about people. Like I get that politics is important, but like getting down to the nitty gritty of whose fault it is, like I'm not, I, I wasn't interested in that side of the conversation, which to me, I feel like that's unfortunately still where we are. I was like, whose fault is this? And it was like, does it matter? There's people who are hurting. Like, does it matter? who's like, yes, let's find out who did it. But at the end of the day, that person is still hurting and affected.
0: And we have so many senators, congresspeople, you know, they're Democrat, Republican, whoever's president. These certain people have been in Congress so long and stuff's still been the same. Yeah a lot of things have still been the same and it hasn't mattered who has been in control of certain things. Like some people's lives are still the way they are mm-hmm. and haven't been taken care of or thought of. And you know, then it becomes just a political thing. Instead, like you said, instead of a people thing. Yeah. And I think one of the things we were talking about too is just you know, so many people are concerned about being right instead of getting something right. And that takes a lot of humility Because when you try to be right, you're just you're arguing Mm -hmm. like you're going into argument mode when I'm thinking about being right, whether it's me personally or the, the the thing that I support, where if you come at it where, hey, what 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 is right or what what am I willing to admit that I don't understand and then go about seeing what what is the right thing? That's there's not a whole lot of humility with what's going on What people are consuming and seeing right now. It's just yeah. very, very divisive. And I think that part's been really discouraging too. Um, Cause you just say things like, you know, black lives matter. And you know, for some people it's like, well, oh, heck yeah, of course not all lives can matter unless a black lives matter. We have to care. But then some people it's like, I can't get past what the organization means and who the leadership is and what they stand for. Like I can't distance myself from that. And, I'm personally just like, okay, I've got black friends over here, and they matter. Mm -hmm. That's just what it means to me. It's like I want to hear what they have to say and know that I care about them. Or, you know, maybe I'll say something a little bit more personal before we get off here. But, you know, it's just we're not willing to be personal with it. If if the president changes, or our governor changes, or this structure changes, this organization's in charge. This happens. Man, we're going to be so much better, but we still don't take the ownership of ourselves. Like, is that going to change my heart? Is that going to change your heart? What I, how I live and how I view my neighbor? Probably not. Mm -hmm. We're we're looking for other things to change besides us personally. And I think that's been the heart behind this podcast and the heart behind asking you these questions because you know, however many people listen or watch us, like we want to challenge them to have their heart be open too people that are most affected by stuff and not what other people are telling them.
1: Yeah, no sitting in discomfort isn't easy. And, and I think that that is asking something of people. I feel like from my perspective of just even just from work, like the work I do is I feel like I'm watching people who, if they were to just sit and challenge, like why does this post make me uncomfortable? And they would sit in that then maybe they would start moving in a direction as opposed to, I feel this way about this post because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It might be, but there was a there's a reason why you feel friction. And so maybe sitting in that friction instead of lashing out at each other, I think that that's been the thing that I've even tried, like made sure that I practice of like when I see a post that makes me feel uncomfortable or makes me feel angry, I don't let myself just respond to it. Because there's something about that post that's rubbing me wrong. What is it? And it, and sometimes it's deeper than just, I think it's wrong. Sometimes I'm taking it personally because right. when I'm reading your post, what I'm seeing is, wow, like you don't believe me at all. Not one bit do you believe me. And is that worth, like is me commenting on there worth it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think, if I think before I type, before I think before I respond, that makes like really get to why is this bothering me, mm-hmm. you know because I think that that is the main thing right now, you know is that we're we're all kind of being bombarded. I know that my timeline will literally have one person that thinks like me, another person who doesn't think like me, someone who thinks I don't know how they think, and it's all over the place in then cat video, and so like it's all over the place. And and I didn't want to un- defriend people and I haven't because I don't want to be in an echo chamber because I don't want that for myself. But I know personally like that onslaught can be overwhelming.
0: So you're a counselor. I am. Yeah, right? I mean, you're <laughs> licensed.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs>
0: Are you admitting you're not in right now? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But we're, we keep moving away from person to person interaction, face to face, eye to eye, hearing someone's heart, where you're not gonna say stuff you would post on social media like to somebody's face mm-hmm. because it would be a jerk face to face, but on, you, know, you can post it and walk away on your phone or your computer, but we keep moving away from this. We mm-hmm. get stronger opinions, we're getting more pissed off because our lives are still not back to normal mm-hmm. and we're getting farther away from empathizing and caring about each other or different groups of people than ourselves. So what is the challenge and what do you think as a counselor to give people advice to like stay over here mm-hmm. and not get so caught up way over here where you're just going crazy and you're actually removed from, from people, individuals.
1: Yeah, no, I think the first thing is, is acknowledging that that's what's happening because I think what's going on with social media is it can help us dehumanize and not not really see the fullness of that person because now only see what you posted. And now I'm not thinking of the fullness that is you. I'm not saying for any second that if someone is posting like horrible things constantly that you shouldn't question if that's what's in their heart. But I do think it's easy to see someone post a meme, but then also to forget that you you two both had a relationship or that you had, you know this is a person I used to get coffee with or I used to read books with, or it can turn into this person is now my enemy. Um, And so my first thing is, you know, scale back on the social media and really when it comes to engaging with people face to face, I think the the stuck point with empathy, the, the stuck point that I even had with empathy is that it is easier to empathize for me personally with the hurting cause it spurs me into action. Like I can, like I can't fully know what it feels like to not have like a home or not have parents or be hurt. But like my heart goes towards that. But I think learning how to empathize with someone who thinks differently than you is a little bit more complicated because that's empathy without compromise. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been calling it. It probably has a prettier name, but with it, like I can understand why you think the way you do, without compromising what I think. And and but I can still try to understand why you view things the way you do. If if I didn't believe that racial unrest if I didn't believe it was happening, then this would seem absurd. I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I empathize that for you that the whole world's out of whack and things are horrible and you feel attacked. I can see why you would feel attacked because you don't believe the base the base of what I believe. Um And so I think that's a big thing too is it's almost biblical about looking at yourself first. And I think that that's the challenge is that none of us have arrived. And I think that growing is not linear. And so we have to be patient with each other too. And so the first big challenge is please step away from the social media. Um, Because it is, it's a hard and it's heavy. And if if you can't step away from it, I will be asking myself why, why does it feel like I have to know what's going on? Like, what am I believing to be true? And I know that like when I've asked that question, the most common thing is it's like, if I don't know then I'm going to be in the dark. And it's like, that's absolutely not true. You will know if something major is happening. I'm not mm-hmm. saying go off the grid. <laughs> and so really be questioning those things and be, going through your phone and thinking through who are, who's someone I haven't connected with or who's somebody that, that I need to talk to face-to-face or that I would like to go meet with. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable doing face-to-face, who can I talk to on the phone? Who can I meet with? Because I think that we're also missing that human contact. So that's gonna be important too. But then if you're around someone who doesn't agree with you, really challenge yourself in that moment to understand their perspective Without feeling like if you understand what they what they're saying, that means that you're sacrificing everything. That's not what it means at all. It's it, not a win lose situation. No, and I think that we've created that absolutes, which is it was just why we we tend to say like be empathetic to that person because you don't know what they're experiencing and like they they don't have you know parents and be empathetic to that kid that's acting up in class. Like we can do that. But like we can't seem to, we, we, we don't challenge ourselves in the other direction. And so if you have somebody that's you're friends with that is constantly saying something counter to what you think, one, let's wonder why. Mm-hmm. Let's wonder what their worldview is because maybe it's polar opposite. And let's humanize them and try to see from their perspective. And if that's not something you feel like you can do, that's okay too. But let's not go on the far end of that person's evil or they're awful or I don't like that person anymore because I think that that's not helpful at all.
0: Yeah. Well, something you said too is, it, it gets said so often, but I have to unpack it a little bit. When, when you say, especially from a, like a church or, you know, Bible-believing thing here hear people say is, oh, you know, love, love your neighbor as yourself mm. or do unto others as you would have them do to you. Well, that's. It sounds really good and like it's true. But if like you don't love yourself correctly, or you don't have a, a uh, a good view of yourself, mm-hmm. and I don't even mean like you view yourself positively, but if you have a healthy, view of what you actually are, then what you do to other people. Can be very harmful. Where yeah. you think you're being helpful. Well, I'm just giving them the facts. I'm just giving them the truth. I'm just being treated like I would want to be treated, and, you might not actually understand how hurtful you are as a person and you're not in a healthy place to, yeah. to, to do that. And you know, when you say, we say, you got, you know, you got to check yourself or check what well, your heart is that well, So a lot of people, we can't do that. Like mm-hmm. you, there has to be some kind of accountability or like you allow other people into your life to say, Hey, you need to chill about this. Or like, you're not healthy in this area or you're way over here. And you're not viewing people in a humanized way with this kind of stuff. If you don't allow other people to do that to you and you don't have an assessment of, like, do I have anybody that does that to me? Then, like, yeah, you can be super harmful when you think you're actually being helpful or fighting the the right cause, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I think that that's absolutely correct. I mean, I think anything, if anything, if I just think about what counseling has been like work-wise, COVID exposed what where everybody was where everybody was mental health wise. If if you were already if you were doing the work, mm-hmm. then then this really showed like the fruit of your labor and the the areas that you need to improve. I think for everybody, even people who were who went into this mentally healthy. We've walked in, out of this. Me personally have walked out of this like okay, these are some areas that I definitely need to improve in mm-hmm. and these are some areas that like Yeah, I'm pretty strong in. And and my heart goes towards those that that were already kind of past that point who were not very healthy because this has exposed how unhealthy that person is or or where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. Because I think that so much of this has to do with why is it so important for you to be right? If you're finding yourself constantly having to post Let's just stay on the racial thing. If you find yourself either on either side having to constantly post that this is real or having to constantly post that this is not real, I would ask, why is it so important that you have to say it every day or that you have to say it every hour? Like what feels like what is spurring that forward? Because I think, for one, if you're on this side of, like, I have to tell people this is real, you cannot make someone believe something that they don't believe. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it personally is that I've I've, I've learned how to, to recognize that, like, if you're not teachable, I can't force knowledge on you because, of course, you're going to dig your heels in. I think that that's kind of what we're seeing from people who are digging their heels in is we've kind of, like, forced this knowledge on them. The pro- protest has been a forced, like, look at this. And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't see it and you're trying to force me to learn and I don't want it mm. you know and even on the other end if like if you have to keep saying that this isn't real again you're not going to change anybody's mind and so is that for you is that for your people like what is this for that you feel this to, because to me that feels like I would interpret that as frantic energy like what is this event making you feel frantic and so I think the sad, sad the sad point is, is that we just haven't been in Western culture the type of people to be with ourselves or to look internally. Mm-hmm. That's a foreign concept to most of us. I know that when I first started really digging into counseling, I didn't want to be the counselor that told people to do stuff that I didn't do. It's not comfortable just sitting with myself in the ugly that comes out of my heart and being able to look at the ugly that's coming out of my heart and not judge myself for it but then also to address it as opposed to leaving it there and i think that this is like a crash course and all of that but if you are running away from it on either side no matter where you land or if you're just plugging your ears and pretending that it's not happening this is for you too why are you doing that Mm -hmm. you know like this is a moment i think for all of us to have this internal look at ourselves of like what is going on for me and with me right now
0: Mm -hmm. yeah we've kind of been in a crazy situation as a family we talked about before the cameras went on we we have the opportunity through some friends to help out a african-american woman and her her child who you know been abuse and just a lot of other stuff and we have the opportunity to step in as a family and and kind of help and do something about it and and met with them. And, you know, when we do that, not thinking, who are you voting for? Mm. Not thinking, hey, what's your stance on Black Lives Matter? What do you think about masks? (laughs) Who are you going to vote for? That stuff is really irrelevant and I still see her color. And I I care a lot more because I know someone like you and I know people in my life who they're real people and we have real relationships. And it's not just this thing I see on the news with somebody telling me what you should think about them. And so when they need help and we have the opportunity to help, we help. Mm -hmm. Whether, whether they were white, Hispanic, or black. But my point when I, when I say that, and I I tell people that too, with some of the mentoring stuff we do and helping some, some young men who don't have fathers and stuff like that, like, when someone's in need and you have the ability to help them, like you don't think about all this other noise that you hear on social media or all these strong opinions people have. That person's struggling. Yeah. They're neglected. They're abused. They're whatever. And is their neighbor going to help them? Am I personally? Just make it personal. Am I going to help them? Are you going to help when you have the opportunity to help? Or do you need to know all these things about them that line up with what you agree with before you do it? Yeah. But, you would think that would happen more, but we don't see each other that way. And now we're further insulated because of COVID and we're, we're further hiding in our homes because it's such a mess out there and we're getting farther away from people. And yet there's all these opportunities to go love other people and actually live out that, that empathy that we say we have. If all these things would line up structures and politicians and the things we want to happen, like it would all be perfect and it's not. But you know, what are you doing personally out there for who's hurting right there in your own your own city, in your backyard? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that to be like, you know, pat pat ourselves on the back, but we just have to continue to challenge people that way. And that, again, that's the accountability piece of, if, man, if you are friends with somebody and they have strong opinions, that's great. But I think it's okay for me to say, hey, I'll, it's all good for you to have that opinion, but like, give me the name. Give me the name of the person you're you're loving on that's different than you right now. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a conversation or just you're helping them tangibly or you're getting to know what life is like for them. Give, give me the name. And what I found out there's a lot of times there's not a name as well with all the mm-hmm. opinions mm-hmm. about stuff. And to me, that's the, that's really the scary part. And sorry, I was going off on a tangent there, but I mm-hmm. you know that's the, the challenge. Cause you deal with people that are hurting all the time. So do I. And, it's about bringing people into that place and not worrying about all the labels and the definitions you <laughs> you need in order to to be comfortable.
1: No, and I think that it doesn't. I, I agree with you completely because it, it doesn't at the core of it. It doesn't matter. Like I and I, and I and I don't know if I have this down perfectly because it's something I've been playing with in my head, but I do think that we have gotten to a place where it is easier to feel like this is something as simple as how I vote as opposed to when you start getting involved in people's lives it's going to get messy and it's a sacrifice regardless I mean I think I think for a long time I've I've always assumed well because I'm extroverted and I lean more towards doing this is why it's easier for me but even in that it's not easy like it's still There's still a challenge for me, like, because when you're serving people, like the thing that we do here at City Church is we're involved in a neighborhood. Sometimes people are just flat out mean to you (laughs) while you're serving them. And sometimes people make assumptions about you or they're rude or it's hot outside or it's raining and it's not convenient and it's not. You know, I don't want to be up this early on a Saturday. And that's not to say like, oh, look at me, go me. But the thing is, is that I cannot allow myself to not live with that full integrity. If I can't say, challenge yourself and go, if I'm not going to challenge myself and go. Mm. And sometimes it is getting on an airplane and sometimes it's just going to to your neighbor's house. And I say just because I think we do downplay it. We feel like, well, this isn't even putting a dent. But but maybe what we're doing is bigger than we know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it is.
0: (laughs) There's plenty of dents happening right now all over the country. (laughs) We need need some nice dents, yeah.
1: Right. No, but I think that that's because so initially when this all happened, that was the first thing that went through my mind is like, wow, look at all these activated people and their gifting and how they're going to be able to go towards people different than I am. Right. Because something, like you said, that will pass people back and forth like, hey, go talk to Nick. But I know that for me, sometimes when I'm talking to people, they see me more as like counselor or as like a older sibling or as a friend. And there's certain things that I can't either that I'm going to say and it's not going to register or is going to register different. But if we're doing this as a team and if we're actually all going towards what a world of difference that makes. And so that was for me that first moment of like having people reach out and say they want to be involved i was couldn't help be be like wow they're going to be able to reach places and talk to people that not everybody's gonna be talk be able to do and talk to because of their unique gifting but i think that we have to challenge ourselves to just get up and go and i know with the backdrop of covid like that is that does kind of put a damper on it but at the same time we weren't before right like i can think of Things anytime I've volunteered with anything, it's it's the same people. <laughs> yeah. And that's for whatever reason. And that's not to insult people that are uncomfortable. Cause I get it, like there's so many different barriers, but at the end of the day, if we're not moving towards and we're just finger pointing, we're just a cacophony of noise.
0: All right. So that's a good segue. You said challenging ourselves, challenging other people. Get up and go moving towards something you're using all these wonderful Mm -hmm. analogies and uh words to to go and do something so what is the challenge you you love giving homework you love giving assignments of don't just talk about it let's do do something about it so as people are listening to this hopefully and watching you know what's the takeaway now what is your challenge in this time that we're in everything going on chaos going on and what what is a challenge somebody can do this week that's not going to completely overwhelm them but Mm -hmm. that they can move towards something with someone else and and bettering themselves and and understanding and get away from all the other noise
1: yeah so i mean definitely turning off the social media but i would this is like multiple fold but if you are connected with a church find out how your church is giving to the community find out what they're like either the organizations that they're partnered with or that they're engaged with. And again, if you're not comfortable leaving your house right now, I completely understand that. But what I would say, if you are comfortable leaving your house, if you are okay with wearing a mask, definitely go towards that thing. And if you're introverted or you're just nervous going by yourself, invite a friend to go with you. If you're not connected to a church, you can go to the United Way website, and they have a ton of, like, who they sponsor, like, who are the people that they're referring to go and you can click on it and you can go to their websites. Um, and maybe it is something as, and let's not say it's simple. Maybe it's something that you're just going to go across the street to your neighbor's house and leave a gift card because right now things are hard, but I challenge you to look around either your neighborhood or what your church is involved with or what your community is involved with and just tell yourself that you are going to go towards. And so maybe it is you and your kids sitting down and writing a nice little letter for that little old lady that lives across the street. Yeah, it's good. Maybe it's that like, but I think that turn off the social media and and just dare yourself to look at your neighborhood differently because even if we don't agree All of us are uncomfortable right now. All of us are scared for various different reasons. All of us are having a hard time, some harder than others. So I think having that recognition of you don't know your neighbor, like maybe you don't know your neighbor or maybe you do know your neighbor, but let's just make these little tiny things, these things that are tiny, quote unquote, those are big. That matters to somebody, leaving a gift card, leaving a picture, but That would be my suggestion is and definitely invite someone to go with you if you feel uncomfortable and remove any barriers. And I'm gonna take a note like from what you said is make this a thing. Don't just go on the website or don't just say, yeah, I'll go across the street to my neighbor's house. Make it a thing, set a date to do it. I'm gonna do this tomorrow Mm -hmm. after I get off from work at 4 p.m. This is not gonna happen if it's something that you're not already doing readily.
0: And I would even take... It a step further for those that need it because mm-hmm. not everybody needs it but for those that are advanced at helping people or like need a little bit more of a challenge and are going to go for the easy way out of i'm just going to go take a couple canned goods over to this neighborhood i don't know drop them off at the door and ah. leave you know <laughs> somebody might try to do a cop out kind of giving mm-hmm. where some of us you might need to go find a way to love somebody that is very different, and the person you're actually posting stuff against, what you don't like, yes. either a political party or their their view on race or on wearing masks or COVID. You know, somebody that really pisses you off, and like the reason you post stuff or you have those opinions is because of people like them. Challenge yourself to do what you're talking about for someone in in that that group.
1: Ooh, advanced challenge. That's the advanced so one. Yeah. So challenge in advance. Cuz you know challenge.
0: I like to provoke people a little bit, yeah. so. No, you're a little, little bit gentler I like to yeah. provoke, you.
1: No, I'm, and that's why you're here. No, I think that that's awesome. That is an awesome idea because I think that that will if you're in the more advanced module, <laughs> it, that will that will push you to really walk out what empathy without compromise is going to look like. Like, what does it mean for me to, to love this person, care about this person, but that doesn't change who I'm going to vote for? Because right. at the end of the day, like we've been harping on, that doesn't matter because a person is a person is yeah. a person.
0: Well, that's good. I like it. Appreciate you being here. Yes. Appreciate you hosting. I mean, you do a great job hosting right. as well. So. Thanks. And uh, Quinn, you do a great job of producing city thanks. church you do a great job of hosting thanks and, uh, <laughs> for the building
1: thanks for holding up those walls
0: yep so we appreciate everybody tuning in and hopefully something here helped you a little bit and can challenge us and we'll challenge ourselves to do what we're saying that other people should do as well so we appreciate everyone tuning in and we'll check you out next time thanks for being here giovanna Bye. peace